Welcome to this week's Selk Grassroots Podcast, all around the leagues, brought to you by the Down to Play app. And welcome to a very special edition of All Around the Leagues from the Maidstone and Mid-Kent Sunday Football League. Grassroots football is finally back and we're buzzing. Get Down to Play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to this special podcast interview. I'm Ian and I'm joined by Steve Taylor, who's the Mason and Mid-Kent League Secretary, and David Bourne, who's the Mason and Mid-Kent League Chairman. Good evening, guys. Good evening. So firstly, a massive congratulations to you both. We've all heard the news. Maidstone and Mid-Kent League have been awarded the League of the Year by the Kent FA. Um, so massive congratulations to that. I'm sure you guys are itching to talk more about it, uh, and we definitely will cover it in detail. But I'd like to just put that on ice for the moment and come back to it, if I may. Because the sad news from last month was that League President Mick Filmer, who served for over 30 years as a referee uh, and then on the committee, passed away recently. He certainly won't be forgotten by the league. David, Steve, did you want to say a few words or talk about some of the football memories of Mick over the years? Yes, love to. Um, Mick was such a well-respected, liked individual. Everybody in the Mason community, the football community, knew Mick and didn't have a bad word to say about him. Mick was an excellent footballer, actually. He started, uh, he played football all his life, um, really good goalkeeper, lived on Bearsley Green, if you didn't know that, and lived in the Maystone community all his life. Um, so he was, in his younger days, was, a, was an excellent goalkeeper. But his real passion was refereeing, really, and he sort of picked, took out the whistle when he got up to about his 30s, and, well, he was refereeing up to probably four or five years ago, you know, heaven knows how many games. He would have come across so many different players, clubs, officials, and was such a well-respected member of our committee. You know, he was uh, been involved with us for many years. Um, he was referees officer of this league for well, at least ten years, and then for the last couple of seasons, we've had his guiding light as our president. And uh, you know, I've known him personally thirty-five years. What a guy! Brilliant guy! And uh, yeah, he's going to be sorely, sorely missed. Yeah, I can only sort of echo what, what David said there. I mean, he's one of those people that have been around um, the Sunday League seems to be forever and a day, uh, and, he, and he will be sorely missed. Unfortunately, due to COVID restrictions, there's a, a limited amount of people that, that were allowed to attend his funeral, uh, which is a shame because I know it would have been absolutely packed to the rafters. But uh, a, a lovely touch is the, the funeral procession did um, a, a lap of Beersley Green, um, so I know a, a, a load of people went down there, all socially distance, of course, um, and, and they were representing him from from his football past, from his time living in in, in Beersted on the green, uh, and obviously you know Mick was also a great cricketer, played cricket for for Beersted, um, and it was quite a sight there to see um, some of his colleagues from from yesteryear all dressed up in their whites with their caps on, uh, and as as Mick's. Uh, procession went by, they all raised their bats. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Steve. You know, Mick reached outside of the Maidstone area, you know, he refereed uh, throughout Kent, um, and, you know, the, all the messages that we've had, we uh, managed to get a, a nice piece on Kent Online, um, there was a lovely tribute on there for him, and we had loads and loads of comments, and, you know, the whole football community in Kent was very, very, you know, saddened at the news, really. 
he was a character, he was a lovely man, and, uh, you know, some of his inconsistencies that he used to, you know, with his Coke, and he used to drink his Coke, didn't he, his full-fat Coke, out of the bottle, wouldn't be out of a can, and he loved the young referees and encouraging them. Yeah, we're going to miss him, you know, he's, I mean, I, was, I think I said at the time, he was, you know, he'd be irreplaceable with his, his what he'd done for, for Maidstone football. Um, so, you know, a very sad day for us as a league to lose our president of someone that we, you know, we just loved having around. Yeah, I totally echo that. He certainly will be missed and it, it is really sad news. I think, Steve, there's thoughts of holding a, a kind of memorial charity game to raise some money for some good causes uh, in light of that. Yeah, there's a few things. Obviously, uh, initially there was a, a, a bit of a funding page, hopefully enough to get um, a, a lovely bench put on the green. You know, where, where you know, Mick spent many hours playing football cricket. We're also, as a league, we're going to put a little brick up at Mason United, so there's a whole wall there. Um, with some, some some bricks up there with messages on, um, so that'll be there, uh, sort of overlooking the ground for forever. Um, and we're hoping to get a charity match as a sort of pre-season uh, opening game. Um, I've spoken to uh, Nick's son Richard, so it's hopefully that he can get um, an eleven, um, and the league can raise a, a team of, uh, of players, and we can have a charity match uh, at a venue to be decided to raise a little bit of money. Um, although, you know, obviously Nick's gone, you know, he won't be forgotten by by all of us for a long time. Yeah, I think that'd be amazing and a, a great tribute to somebody who was a, a massive part of the footballing community. So moving back to the start of 2020-21, the season, David, there was some criticism at the start of that season for setting up leagues with eight teams. But personally for me, you know, what a key decision it was, bearing in mind the restrictions. It's also meant very competitive leagues this season and potentials for new competitions. Is that a format that's likely to stay in the future? Well, it's a really good point, Ian. I mean, there was a lot of thoughts uh, on the committee at the start of the season of how we set up the league. And we made a wise decision, you know. I know, you know, by going for a reduced number of teams in the league, we certainly, there were two things. One, we needed some flexibility in the season. I mean, some of us knew that we would probably be struggling not to get through the whole season without having some sort of break. And two, we were, we were concerned about, you know, no one wanted to play in divisions with 12 teams and teams getting out with 16-0 and all the rest of it. That's no good fun for anybody. So we wanted to try and make them as competitive as we can. Now, you know, I think by and large, we can only look at the league tables so far. They are competitive, there's no doubt about that. Um, but no, it was a, it was a, I think it was a wise decision by us all and uh, one which hopefully... We've got a little sprint of 10, 10 weeks to the end of the season. We'll get the leagues completed by the end of June. OK, we've had to lose the Cups along the way, but I think we'll be, you know, I think everybody would be pleased just to get a proper season finished and then we can move on for next year. So, yeah, personally, for me, I'd like us to see us continue on that format. Yeah, carrying on from what you said, nobody wanted another postponed season. For you and the, the clubs, how important was it as a league that we actually finished this season after the postponement from last year? Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was the, the number one thing. You know, that was the number one thing in my thought. We needed to make sure somehow, by hook or by crook, that we uh, we could get to the end of it. I mean, you know, credit to the, to the Football Association. They've extended the season to the end of June without any issue whatsoever. Um, and I think... The, the 10 weeks, the little sprint, as I call it, will be great because pretty much everybody's got a game now every Sunday. We haven't got to mess around with evening fixtures or double headers or all the rest of it. You know, the players are obviously desperate to get back playing. 
and um, you know, come the end of June, you know, we'll we'll have the fixtures completed. You know, hopefully, weather wise, will be set fair, and uh, yeah, an exciting, exciting end to the season. Yeah, I think everyone's really looking forward to it. And moving on to the restart of this season, if you like, Steve. I know some people think you just press a button and these fixtures magically appear neatly, and everyone's you know playing alternative weeks home and away. But how complex can it be, especially now? You know, we've got a ten-week period. You've got you know all of these teams as ground sharing. How much time does it take to put a fixture schedule like that together? Oh, it takes a huge amount of time. Um, you know, we we we've been juggling around with the fixtures. Um, practically, you know, we had about four or five potential restart dates. Um, you know, Kavina is our, is our new fixture secretary. Well, not so new, she's been with us for a while. Um, she's done a tremendous amount of work. I mean, if, if it was only as easy as pushing a button and, and sitting back, it would be great. But uh, it's scheduling, you know, the ground sharing, um, looking at uh, who's available when, which teams have closed dates. Um, so there's a, there's a hell of a lot of work goes into it, uh, and you know, credit to Kavina, she's she's done a great job. She's managed to get all the all the games in, uh, and it's fantastic. As a league, we can actually complete. I don't think there's many leagues that are actually going to be able to complete their program. Uh, you know, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, and we we all sat around at the beginning and we sort of said, well, you know, we're anticipating maybe one or two more surges through the, through the coronavirus, unfortunately. Um, as well as potentially a bit of bad weather. Um, and by having smaller divisions, uh, it, it would have been easier for us to just slip a, another cup competition at the end rather than trying to have this uh, sort of a lot of leagues now trying to get sort of 20, 30 games in a, in a 10 week period. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's a hell of a lot of work done by Cabina, um, communicating with clubs. Obviously, there's a lot of ground sharing going on, not only with teams in our league, but teams outside of our league. So it's, it's, it's a lot of work and, uh, you know, as I say, credit, credit to Kavina for getting them all in. Um, it's a bit of a short break for her, bless her, because obviously, you know, the next season is going to be on us before we know where we are. So, um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic job by her and the rest of the committee. But, you know, particularly with the fixtures, it's, it's very challenging to get everything right. Yeah, talk about Kavina, definitely an unsung hero there, someone that probably doesn't doesn't get mentioned enough. And I don't think it's the first draft that she's done because obviously as the date's been rolling back with restrictions, you know, what if we're starting in December and okay, what if we're starting in January? You know, that plan's been rolled many a time. So although it's only being published uh, recently now for the end of the season, you know, there's been a lot of drafts of that. So yeah, she's been working tirelessly. And, and, and for both of you, really, this one, has there been a lot of frustration from clubs that the cup matches were cancelled again this year or are people just happy to be back playing football? What have you heard from teams and officials? I mean, personally, in terms of the cups, I've not had anything from any of the clubs saying that uh, you know it's an issue. I mean, they were effectively down to the sort of quarter-final stage. I mean, you know, you haven't got to be Einstein to realise that there's just not enough Sundays. Just going back to the fixtures here, just one of the things I, I with our connections with, with the referees, I've, I've spoken to Steve Tunnicliffe on many occasions. Just want to make you know let everybody know that the refs are super excited about coming back as well. Steve's got a full panel of uh, referees. So, you know, I don't think, don't foresee any problems whatsoever in covering all the games. So I've got a full program there. And the refs are, you know, really excited to get back in the middle as well. So that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning this season so far, we've covered every game as a league. Um, so that's really, really key and, and fair play to, to Steve for managing that. Steve, 
just talking about technology, the league has kind of embraced it since the first lockdown. We've had Zoom meetings, online voting. Is that here to stay as a league committee? Or, you know, when the restrictions are lifted, are we going back to the old ways and meeting in a hall every time and, and casting ballots and things like that? How's it going to work? Um, to be honest, I don't, I don't think we're 100% sure ourselves yet. I mean, certainly for management committee meetings, you know, it's much easier uh, using technology. You know, we haven't got 10 people all trying to wangle their way to a venue uh, after work, you know, rushing home, having your dinner, rushing out. It's much easier to do it just sitting at home, obviously, in, in the comfort of your, your lounge or, or your office or wherever you're doing it. Um, for AGMs, if we can, I think we would like to get back to meeting face-to-face because obviously we haven't seen, you know, our, our colleagues from the league, players, managers, secretaries for for months. Uh, you know, we're all missing that human intervention and social contact. But we we'll only do that if, if it's safe to do so. It, it may mean that, uh, you know, we have to distance the chairs and potentially only have a, a, a limited amount of people. Um, but I think we would like to get back to, to an AGM face-to-face, but obviously, you know, we are in the hands of you know everything opening up slowly and the most important thing uh, throughout everything whether it's playing football having meetings everything is that people are, are staying safe uh, you know in hindsight we'd probably all like to have invested a few hundred pounds in the zoom shares but uh, <laughs> you know. yeah definitely and you know talking about technology david the the league have released their new website and that came out last month how's that been received by players and teams it's been received tremendously well. I mean, an awful lot of effort have gone in on by the committee in getting it up and running. Um, there's an awful lot of content on there. We'd urge all clubs to um, to find it, locate it. It's uh, very, very straightforward. MMMKSFL.co.uk, very easy to remember. Um, it's got a link to the, to the full-time as well. So, But it's got so much information on there. And each club can put on you know, their, their club details, a club photograph, club badge, their kit colours, it's endless and we you know, we want to drive people to that, particularly for like information that's coming out. You know, we could have a, I don't know, a player contact us just moved to the area looking for a club, all those sort of bits and pieces and promoting, you know, the end of season, you know, tight games and uh, in next season obviously cup finals and all the rest of it. So no, it's been uh, brilliantly well received and um, you know the, the committee have done a, a, a brilliant job in, in getting it together and it sort of you know sets us sets the bar high, which is uh, a good thing to have. Yeah, and there's there's certainly a lot of information on there about what the league offers, certainly for new teams. So, Steve, has there been much interest from new clubs joining the Maidstone Mid-Kent League for 21-22 season? Yeah, we've had uh, we've had numerous expressions of interest. I mean, obviously, we send out um, the forms to, for them to complete and a little bit of information about the league and how to set up clubs. Uh, I'd love to hand on heart say... Know, every every form we send out, we get a positive reply for, um, but that's not always the case. Some people, you know, they kind of have a little bit of a read through and think actually, you know, this is a little bit more than me turning up on a Sunday morning with sort of ten or twelve players, a dozen oranges, and a couple of balls. Um, so they just have to have the club structure. But uh, yeah, we've got two or three replies in already, so we'll be vetting those teams very soon just to make sure they're suitable for us, which I'm sure they will be. As I say, it is a little bit more than turning up on a Sunday morning, so they need a bit of a structure, um, and obviously we'll encourage them to become chart standard as soon as they come into us. Um, so we're hoping to grow by, you know, up to six clubs this season, uh, and who knows, some of our existing clubs may may well enter a reserve side. We 
which will always you know always encourage them to, to try to do so. So yeah, we have we have quite a, quite a few people that that are interested in coming and join us. You know, as as a league, they probably look at all the stuff that we've done. You know, that they've just mentioned a new website. You know, people are, are looking at us as a, as a as a good league to come to join, uh, and that can only be that can only be good for the league. Can only be good for for, for, for football in Baystone in general. One of the one of the big things that we've done over the last two or three years is we've really increased our social media presence. Now, you know, we have got a thousand registered players. You know, these guys in their early twenties. You know, they're all everyone's on their phones. Um, you know, and, and this is a brilliant way of engaging. And what we want to do is we want to get the clubs run a little bit stronger, got a bit more foundations to them. We don't want to, you know, one guy having to do everything on a Sunday morning because that is, uh, you know, the quickest way for club folding. We want to make sure that we help them and uh, see if we can get them to get some foundations in place, get a little committee set up so people are taking on different roles within that club and that club thrives and goes forward. And, um, you know, there's no, no reason why we can't, as a league, you know, we promote really heavily online and there's a huge engagement with the players and the other clubs um, and it's been it's been a marvellous way to communicate and get the message out and uh, it's, it's been a huge, huge success over the last couple of years. Yeah, I definitely agree and there's, there's some questions later on I want to ask you guys about kind of how, how attitudes between teams have, have kind of changed over the league so we'll definitely come back to that. Uh, but I think now kind of onto the big news around this time last year, League was awarded the Charter Standard League status, which I know the committee, clubs and players are all extremely proud of. And they've all played their part in to achieve. Twelve months later, you've just been awarded the League of the Year by the Kent FA, which is a massive achievement. Something I'm sure you're both really, really proud of. Both put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into the league for many years. So starting with you, David, how did you feel when you received the award? Oh, immensely proud, you know. For someone who not played in this league from the age of 18 to 35 and then been involved with the committee from 35 and then been chairman as well, you know, for me personally, you know, it was a it was a marvellous award, really. And a recognition of the hard work that everybody, because it's a, it's a team effort, you know, the committee, I've got, a, you know, being the chairman is probably the easy job because the key to being a chairman is to get good people around you. And when you have got, you know, the superb, team that I have working, doing all their roles. We haven't got masses of numbers. We've got, you know, seven, eight, nine of us. Um, but everybody steps up to the plate and everybody wants to move forward. It's, you know, change is a good thing. And we have changed, you know, so much in the last sort of five or six years, moving forward. And, you know, I'm absolutely delighted for all, for everyone on the committee, for the work that they've done, for driving the league forward. Um, it's uh, well received and, and a fabulous honour. And, and to you, Steve, how big is this for the Maidstone and Mid-Kent League? And am I right in thinking, is it the first time the league have won such an award? Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely huge. It's massive. It's the first award the league itself has, has won, as far as I know. I mean, there's certainly been you know some individuals within the league that have won individual uh, awards. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud. Uh, and I can only echo David's thoughts. You know, it's a really strong committee. Um, I've been on the committee uh, a few years now. I mean, like David, I was a player. You know, everyone should be really proud. The, the, the committee we've got is a really strong committee. You know, literally everybody on this committee rolls their sleeves up. They all do a great job. You know, we've all contributed towards this award. Really, you know, the whole award should be dedicated to our our, our president, who's recently passed away, Mick. You know, there was no one 
greater than, than Mick for being on the committee and, and all the roles and representative bits that he's done over the years. It's a fitting tribute that we win this award um, around the time that he passes. But it's a fantastic thing, fantastic achievement, something we're really proud of and uh, something that I'll put in good stead and, and onwards and upwards. You know, our next aim will be to be the best league in England, hopefully. You know, we've got a way to go, but you know, we're, we're making strides forward. You know, we're listening to clubs, we're doing what clubs want. And, and that's all we can do, really. You know, we're improving every day. Yeah, and uh, just on that, Steve, am I right in thinking now that the county nomination now gets reviewed by the National FA? So we go in with the, the other winners across England, and obviously there could be technically even bigger news to come in the future. Well, I believe that's the process, yes. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed, but I'm sure there's, uh, you know, we're going to be one of quite a few counties that are, that are putting that nomination forward. You know, um, so, you know, fingers crossed, you never know. We, we may well win the League of the Year before we know it, but uh, I'm sure there's some, some fantastic leagues out there that are doing, you know, equally as good work in their respective areas as we are. Yeah, I'm sure there are. And, you know, David, come back to your point, I think it's great all for both of you, really, that you, you know, you recognise the contribution. It's obviously a team effort for, from the league committee, you know, and it's great that the county FA are recognising that you are listening to clubs, you know, you are being proactive, you are making changes. Probably more for you, David. Where, where does the league move on from here? Where does it go over the next couple of years? Well, obviously, only getting our charter standard. Um, to get that, we've got obviously three quarters of the clubs to be uh, charter standard clubs. I want to make sure that anybody that joins our league or artistic clubs are a charter standard club because I think that just solidifies them and makes them stronger and enables us to grow. Um, you know, we want to grow the, the competition. I particularly also want to try and there's always been a bridging problem between players at under 18 level and coming into the men's game. We've been quite innovative in that area over the last five or six seasons where we've had a competition with our Invitation Cup where we have under 18 teams from the Waste of Minor League and uh, our lesser teams from the Sunday League and they play in a competition which has always been well supported but there is a huge churn rate of clubs folding. I know a lot of players got the university or different roles, but we want to try and bridge that gap and get get some more under-18 teams coming through, which is the lifeboat, because new new teams coming in, and particularly younger teams, because none of us are getting any younger. Yeah, and I think you know it's an exciting time for everyone that's involved in the league. To add to that amazing league news, Maidstone and Mid-Kent picking up the League of the Year, but they also had a team, part of that league, that picked up Club of the Year, and that was Kent Sands. That's amazing news too. We're going to be joined by Jordan Glenn, who's the assistant manager of Kent Sands, and he's on the line. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Such a big day for you guys. How did it feel receiving the award today? Yeah, it felt really good. Um, obviously, us being a new team a couple of years back and entering the league as this new sort of team that supported bereaved dads, didn't ever think that we'd get anything like this. We were just sort of mainly doing it for the support of, of the rest of the guys and myself. But yeah, to, to hear it today, it just it just shows how far we've come and the support that we've had from from everyone, including the league as well. Mm. It's been um. And how have the players reacted? The big news, I bet they're you know they, they must be over the moon. Yeah, the, my my phone's been non-stop all day. The WhatsApp's been going mad, and everyone's been like, it's just frustrating. Obviously, we can't all get together and celebrate it how we, we'd like to, but that time will come. But yeah, everyone was everyone was really chuffed. It just makes everything like 
sort of worthwhile. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah, and definitely fully deserved. And, and off air, before you kind of joined David and Steve, we were talking about your experiences of joining the Maid Zone in Mid Kent League. Tell everyone what it was like when you, you first joined and, and how it's been for the first kind of year and a half. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit nerve wracking at first. Obviously, uh, me and Mike Pollard, the manager, we um, we both attended the the league meeting where obviously we have to put forward who we are and and get acceptance into the league. And we our, our, one thing that we were worried about was obviously getting players and stuff because everyone is based sort of not just in Maidstone. I'm in Orpington. People are from Bromley and stuff like that. Um, it was making sure we had players to. to fulfill fixtures and stuff and I know that in a league point of view that's an important thing because we don't want people being messed around obviously the league's there um, they do a lot of work to, to get the fixtures going so we didn't want to hindrance that but we knew that because of what the team meant to the dads that we would get that and yeah it was it was, it was a really nice feeling to see so many people back us that, that day mm. um, but from there it's gone from strength to strength and the league have been really supportive as have the, um, the team's not just in our division, but obviously in, in, in the ones above as well. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly there's a lot of support, you know, on the social media. Obviously, you do great work in the community and you had the unfortunate incident, obviously, of the kit. But, you know, what a what a time for all the clubs to come together for you there. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that when that happened? Yeah, see, for me, for me, it was I had my tools stolen, obviously, that's my livelihood. But for me, it was the kit because I affected 40 guys. feel like there. you let them down, yeah. I did, yeah, and obviously we just played a charity match in Brighton. Spirits were high because we just beat them for the second year running. Obviously, it was great for us. Um, that sort of sans rivalry, but, yeah. but drove back. Kit was in the car. Come out the next morning, and parcel shelves on the on the headrest of the car. Kit's gone, and I just felt I just felt horrible. Um, Mike was away with work, so obviously I was running it. And then to, to tell everyone that the kit had been taken and we couldn't fulfil the fixture, we just felt like I'd, well, me personally, I felt like I'd let down the, the oppo, but as well as the oppo, the lads and the, um, the response we got from, from everyone was unbelievable. Yeah, totally mind-blowing. And, you know, Steve, you obviously, you've known Sands and, and Mike and Jordan for a while. How proud are you that they're part of the league and the work that they undertake in the community? Oh, very proud. I mean, that when Mike came to see us with Jordan, you know, it was a, it was a kind of a new concept. It's not something I'd ever heard of, uh, of those sorts of teams that are coming in. Um, and we welcome with open arms. And to be fair, you know, they got a hell of a lot of publicity on on, on the TV, on the radio. And, uh, you know, they've been a credit to the league. They've come in, you know, they play every game, they hold their heads high. And for the, for the guys that go out there, is and I know we say it all the time, but it is more than just football. For them, it's a chance to get together. They've got a common cause. Uh, and we're absolutely thrilled and delighted that A, they're in our league, and B, that they have been recognised as the best grassroots Kent club uh, for this season. And, and, you know, I'll take my hats off to every single one of them. You know, they are all sort of heroes for me. You know, they, they get together and they look after each other. And that's developed into the league. The league are looking after them as well. You know, the, the league have come together really. So if something happens, like they had the kids stolen, you know, we're finding people that are all sort of pulling in the same direction, helping each other out. There's, there's clubs in lockdown that run charity cars and donated money to Sands. And it feels much more together as a league now. So everyone's 
kind of cementing that relationship with them. Uh, and and I'm, I'm very proud that they've chosen us, really. Um, you know, Jordan said it was, it was good that we let them in, but really they chose us. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully they'll stay with us for many years. Yeah, and I mean, David, bringing you on this, and, and Steve mentioned it, obviously Sands doing the most high-profile charity work in the league, but lots of other teams, uh, you know, we mentioned Marden, Whitehorse, Larkfield, to, to name but a few, you know, they're doing regular community events. Lots of teams donate their match fees. We've spoken about the number of individuals and clubs that donated for the shirts, you know. Are the league just lucky to have these teams so they just fall on your doorstep or are the league naturally just promoting this kind of ethos, you know, through the leadership and what they're doing at the moment? No, I think we, you know, obviously we're delighted to have them and many congratulations, it's well deserved. But there's a, there's a change, there's been a change in the last um, probably three or four years. There's certainly been a change in attitude of the clubs, you know. A lot of this can go down to social media and the, the, you know, the interaction with the clubs. It's simple stuff, you know. Someone's got a fixture coming up, looking forward to seeing you, you know, fixtures confirmed, looking forward to seeing you down at Martin or wherever it may be, some fundraising. And the togetherness has definitely grown and grown and grown and grown. And this was born out when, when uh, unfortunately, Jordan had all his kit and bits and pieces stolen. Everybody rallied around. Everybody sort of, you know, stepped up to the plate and, and helped out. But, the, you know, the, our, our ethos is, you know, we, we, we won't go forward. We want to change attitudes. We want to make it a nice place to come and play football on a, on a Sunday morning. You know, we want to be well organised. We want good referees. We want to have every game covered. We want to have every fixture there. We want to the clubs to feel valued and we're listening to them. And those are the two most important things. You know, we're all in this together. You know, it's not us and it's not about us and them. It's about all of us moving forward as a nice, well-run league that people want to come and play football in. You know, we've got teams that come from Sittingbourne to play in our league. Uh, we've got teams that come, you know, from down in the Weald area. So it's a... Uh, you know, there really has been a, a, a bit of a, a, a change in attitude over the last three or four years, and long may it continue. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I've been playing in the league since 2013, and I think that there was always a kind of them and us, if you like, in the early days. I'm not, not saying everyone was horrible to each other, but, you know, people kept to themselves. There wasn't really this community vibe or, oh, you know, they need helping out. Yeah, we could help them out. Let's do that. And it's definitely changed to, to more of a we over the last kind of 18 months to, to two years. And I think that's a, a really big step. And, you know, I think what Jordan's talking about as well has, has really uh, emphasised that. Um, so for you guys on the committee, Steve and David, there's been a lot of work over the break, if you like, the force break. Um, what have you guys missed the most and how excited are you that football's coming back at the beginning of April? What I haven't missed is uh, <laughs> some of the phone calls you get after the games <laughs> uh, when the scores are around the wrong way and people have sent, you know, sent, sent the result in the wrong way around. Um, but yeah, yeah we've, all missed, we've all missed football. We've all missed things in lockdown. Um you know, it would just be great to get everyone back out. We've had lots of kind of false starts. Where are we going to start here? Are we going to start there? And you know, hopefully, you know, we've got this plan start now. But it still does depend on everyone behaving themselves for the next few weeks. So hopefully, we'll, we'll be up and running. But yeah, it'd be great to get everyone back out. I think everyone's missed football, but they don't really know how much they've missed it till they haven't had it. You know, even the players that you would think, you know, they moan, "Oh, why do I turn up every week to play this?" and then. After a month of, of not playing six weeks, they're chomping at the bit to get going again. So hopefully, you know, it, it, it'll bring football back in a better place than it was. And it wasn't in a bad place anyway, but, you know, people will realise some of the things that they've missed over the last few weeks. 
And I think that goes, you know, with everything in lockdown, some of the stuff that we've all taken for granted, you know, meeting up with people, you know, hugging your family, going out for a meal, you know, everyone's missed all of that social activity. And, and football is a great way of escaping, you know, whatever you've got going on in your life. And Kent Sands are a, a, a superb example of that. Uh, and, yeah, we just want to get back. We just want to get out of there. Uh, we want to play these 10 weeks, get the competition finished, do our little bit of uh, pre-season work for the new teams that have come in. So Kent Sands are not going to be the new kids on the block. Uh, they're going to be one of the older hands in the, in the league and we can start again, uh, rearing a go again in September for another year. And hopefully we don't get any lockdowns. We, we get all our cups played and uh, fingers crossed that everyone can, can stay safe and we can get back to doing the things we love on a Sunday morning. Well, I think, um, I mean, you know, we're going to, we're going to see friends, we're going to see colleagues, um, players are going to, you know, there's a lot of people that play in this Sunday league, been playing it for many, many years, you know, a lot of clubs um, know each other very well, um, and as Steve said, we, you know, I think in the past, maybe people take it for granted a little bit, and I think when it's not there, you realise how much you miss it, so for me personally, as a referee, I'm looking forward to getting back on the field of play, and uh, seeing you know, all the players again and the, and the club officials. Um, yeah, I've missed that. You know, I think we've all missed it to some degree. And we've got this 10-week uh, sprint, as I call it. Uh, we made the, well, I think we've got one game on uh, Good Friday. If you've got nothing to do on Good Friday, I think there's a game at Kings Hill, which is uh, Victor Sunday versus... There you go. That's on the Good Friday. And after that, you know, it's all systems go after Easter. So, yeah, I'm really excited uh, to, to get back out there and and, and see everybody. That's what I've missed. Missing, missing my colleagues. And Jordan, how uh, how buzzing are the lads at the moment? Yeah, I think obviously, like the guys touched on, it's we've had these false starts and and, and stuff. And for us, it, it's not just the football; it's the support network as well. But the lads are buzzing to get back. Like not even just to see one another; it's to see the other other teams as well. Because obviously, we have bonded with with other teams um, throughout the league and. There are teams that you you sort of do look forward to to coming up against um, and stuff, but we're just happy to to see everyone on a Sunday and, and look forward to playing. Um, but everyone's buzzing to get back. I don't think they're buzzing to get back to training, but I think everyone's buzzing to get back on on a Sunday and actually wear our new shirts. Now we've got them, the replacements, and yeah. Where I'm required, and, and hopefully try and get some better results. That's been a, a good start for you guys this season, when you picked up a league win. Yeah, it's, some... it's not too bad. We've, like I say, we, I think, like anything, regardless of the team, if you looked at the results that we've had when we first started, I think our first game we lost 14 0. Mm. Now, terrible result, but we played a very good team. And we have got really good individual players, but at the same time, we've got some people that don't play 11 aside or hadn't played 11 aside until they joined Sands. So it's making sure that everyone obviously gets a fair shout and stuff, but we, we, we give it our all. And the thing is, for that 90 minutes, we forget about everything, like Steve said, we, we forget about our worries and everything that bothers us day to day. And, um, and then after that, it's, it sort of like refreshes you for the rest of the week. Yeah, so, um, it's that outlet. Yeah, I definitely agree. And as 
you know, Steve mentioned earlier, and we use it as a, as a tagline on the show, you know, it's more than just football. That's that's the key thing. And I think just bringing everyone together and especially in a, in a team like yours. So finally, putting you all on the spot, what I'd like to ask you is your predicted league winners for each league this season. So um, starting with the Premiership and you, David, if you want to go through your thoughts of who you think is going to pick up some silverware at the end of this season. Yeah, OK, no problem. It's a tight league, definitely tight league. But I've got a feeling that Barming Colts might might just uh, have enough. I know East Morning have had played three and uh, undefeated, but I don't know. I fancy I fancy Barming Colts might just uh, might just squeeze it. Okay, yeah, I like that. And uh, into Division One. Division One. Now, when refereed Sutton Balance versus K Sports, seems forever ago in the cup, and I think K Sports squeeze through one nil. And I was really impressed with Sutton Balance, and I think they are. A tough outfit, and I think they uh, will give a good account of themselves. So I'm putting them up to, to win Division One and uh, Division Two. Division Two, uh, I don't even get get away from our reserves. They're strong. They've had a good start. They've uh, played for one four. Obviously, with lockdown. Who knows what sort of you know teams are going to be like after lockdown and hard grounds and all the rest of it. But um, I think we're going to struggle to, to uh, knock them off the perch. I think. And uh, finally, Division Three. Division three, I'm going for Coxeath. Um, I think on their home pitch, well, it could be anything up there. It could be wet, dry, super muddy, whatever. I think they're a bit of a handful, and they've got uh, got some good players. And I think they might might win Division three. Interesting, interesting thoughts. Thanks for that, David and Steve. Do you want to run through the leagues yourself? Uh, yeah, it's probably hard to disagree with what David's come out with, but uh, in the Premier, you know, Barming Colts are a strong side. Uh, they progressed every season, got better and better. So it's definitely for me between uh, them and East Smalling. Um, as an outside uh, sort of bet, um, they're not far away, but K Sports have got some great players, and, and on the day, they're probably capable of beating, you know, um, a lot of the teams there. So it's definitely going to be a, a, a sort of a tight um, race to the finish. Um, but for me, if I had to pick one team out, I think Barming Colts, but I fancy East Morning just to hold on and, and edge it by, the, by a point or two. Obviously, the big games are Barming Colts and East Morning. Um, whoever wins that's going to be not far off the top. And uh, Division 1? Division 1, yeah, again, another tight division. Um, you, you look at it, Sutton Balance going pretty well, you know, um, Rubicon are, are right out there, um, but Lightfoot and New Life uh, could be the bit of a dark horse. We've only got a bit of catching up to do. Um, but certainly, if, if Rubicon Limerick, Limerick um, and, you know, get a few good results under their belt, um, I fancy them to be in the, in the top two. Um, but possibly Lightfoot having a late run to get somewhere near the top. Nice, yeah, interesting. And uh, Division uh, Two. Uh, Division two, yeah, it's hard to disagree that um, you know Alsford reserves are runaway leaders. Uh, they should win that uh, quite comfortably, but you know lockdown does some funny things. You know, they haven't played for a while, so they might come back a bit rusty. I quite like Minter or Mason International, as they were called. They've been around for a long time. Um, they had a good season last year. Got to the cup final. Unfortunately, he didn't get played for a variety of reasons. Um, but with a, with a strong run, um, they could be at the top. Or thereabouts, second place, picking up a bit of silverware. But uh, yeah, it's hard to disagree with David for for Alston reserves there. Too strong. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with uh, with that division. And uh, Division Three, finally. 
Division three, really competitive. Um, you know, it's been the most competitive our, our lowest division's been for many, many years. Um, you know, Labour and Angels are a new club coming. I've not seen them personally. You know, it's hard to disagree with the table. They're at the top. Um, but unbeaten uh, in Victor Sunday, sitting there with lots of games in hand. So, uh, I fancy in Victor Sunday to put a run together. I know they've got a good few players there. Um, I know they've got quite a decent keeper. Uh, so, hopefully, you know, with a bit of a following wind, if they come back fit enough, I fancy in Victor Sunday to, uh, to, to just pimp the title by a point or two. And uh, Jordan, your Kent Sands are in Division Three. What's your thoughts on Division Three? Are you uh, agreeing with Stephen David or? Yeah, I think um, obviously playing against Labour, they've got they're quite a young young set of lads, and they they move the ball around really well. Um, they're nice to play against, <laughs> as, as as much as uh, it, it's it's annoying. But yeah, they're they're a really good side. Same with Coxie from Farley. Um, Invicta Sunday, very strong side as well. I think that if they continue, if they pick up where they left off, I think they could top or top or second. I would have said, hmm. but um, hopefully we we move up the ranks as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, thanks to uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, it's been an amazing twelve months for the league, achieving their chart standard status, picking up the League of the Year award from the Kent FA. And obviously great news to top that, that Kent Sands receiving the Club of the Year. Um, amazing stuff all round. Thanks to my guests, David, Steve and Jordan. You all must be extremely proud of what you've achieved. Thanks for joining me and answering my questions this evening. Thank you. Take care, guys. Thank you. Hope everyone listening enjoyed the show. Remember, you heard it here first on Selk. I'll be back with the Maidstone and Mid-Kent section of the All Around the League show in a few weeks' time, rounding up the latest news, match reports and fixtures, so make sure you join me for that. Until then, stay safe, and remember, it's always more than just football. Grassroots Football is finally back, and we're buzzing. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.